Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice. And this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and as one of the leading online mediation or virtual mediation experts in the world, I have to tell you that my inbox continues to get flooded with questions about online mediation, virtual mediation. And those questions are coming not only from the public who want to understand what uh, options are available to them, but most of them are coming from professionals. So even though I've done a number of webinars and trained thousands of people, I know that many of the professionals out there in the world today are still finding themselves questioning or wondering about online mediation. So I'm going to dedicate this episode to answering the eight top frequently asked questions that I receive. Um, So let's get started. Um, The first question that I get asked pretty much every single time anyone talks to me is what platform do you use? Now that the answer has changed in recent days. Uh, It used to be, and certainly for the last five years as I've been an online mediator, I have used Zoom, like many of you are contemplating. Does that mean I think you have to use Zoom? Absolutely not. Um, And in fact, as many people know, if they've taken my trainings, I talk about some other platforms. um, And I am definitely of a mind that it makes sense for a professional to be able to actually offer more than one platform to their clients, especially as we are moving forward so quickly. There are other platforms that are coming down the pike that have significant advantages um, and have different capabilities. So I think as a true professional, we should know uh, a few different platforms and be able to offer those to our clients. Now, in addition, um, what the reason I chose Zoom back five years ago when I was starting to mediate online was really because it had the functionality to take what I did in person and translate it into an online video conferencing. I could do what I did when I sat with clients in a conference room and there was a way to do that online. So if you're looking at different platforms, be thinking about that. Be thinking about what your personal style is, what your personal mediation process is, and be sure that you find a platform or platforms that work well 
for doing what you did in person online or in a way that you can modify so that it's it's doable online. Because obviously, if you're doing online mediation, certainly now in the era of COVID, um, your people are never going to be in the same office with you. So it's important that you find a platform that will function to allow you to do what you did in person now online. Um, now, a couple of those other programs, just quickly, and, and there are other episodes on these. Um, there's the episode with Simon Bomey, and we review some of the top leading contenders, I'll call them, of ODR platforms created specifically for legal professionals and dispute resolution professionals. Um, I also had a recent interview with Nathan Polito, who is the one of the founders of Modron Spaces, which is one of the new platforms that I'm adding to my repertoire. Um, I find it very easy to use and has a lot of great functionality. The breakout rooms are super easy to use um, and more intuitive for both the professional and the client. So definitely go check those out, listen to those episodes. Um, now, is video con- here's question number two. Is video conferencing programming the only program that you're going to need? Is Zoom the only one you're going to need? Is Modrin or Legaler the only one that you're going to need? Probably not. Um, so they do a lot of things, and certainly I would say Legaler and Modrin cover more of the external um, needs that you might have outside of what Zoom will allow you to do. But again, this goes back to what did you do in person, and then how is that going to translate to being done online when your clients are never in your office? So you're going to need some sort of a program for the transmission exchange of documents. Now, Modron and Legal are both allow that within their platform. One of those big pluses, I think. Um, Zoom is moving up on that and does have it available. Um, some people question the security around that, although obviously they're uh, working on that. Now, I personally have always used Dropbox. So that's a platform that I continue or a program that I continue to use to exchange documents. You also may need something that will allow signatures, um, e-signatures, right? Because if you are lucky enough to come to an agreement or do, create a term sheet, you're going to want to be able to circulate that and get signatures. So just be thinking ahead about how you'll do that. Um, I happen to use DocuSign. Uh, I love the ease of it and most people know it well. I mean, if you've bought a house recently, you you know how to use DocuSign. Um, so, but think about how you're going to procure signatures on documents. That becomes an issue for a lot of mediators. Um, I do know that Modron is adding in, it's in their pipeline of tech um, upgrades they're doing, they're going to be adding that to their platform, uh, a, an e-signature capability. Um, you'll also probably need some way to get paid, right? We all want to get paid. We are doing this. This is our business. The clients are no longer in our office to hand us a check or to hand us a credit card to swipe. So, Think about that ahead of time. Are you going to use a credit card merchant account? You may already have one. Does it translate well for sending invoices or for, um, you know, for your new platform? Does your payment schedule, how you've been getting paid, does that work now that your clients are no longer there? Some people have modified even their payment plans. Um, I happen to use PayPal and Square. 
those are just my, I find them super easy and I've always used them again in my prior legal practice. So now continue to use them uh, in my online mediation. Now, this one I get quite a bit. Um, what is the biggest problem that you see with a virtual mediation or an online mediation? And this is an easy one because this is such a problem. It is when either the mediator and or one or more of the participants have a poor internet connection. Uh, that is going to cause, no matter what your virtual platform is, uh, that is going to cause freezing of the video. It can cause very wonky, I call it a uh, very technical term, wonky audio. Um, and it is by far the quickest way to cause dissatisfaction among your participants. That freezing screen, I cannot tell you how irritating that is to people, even if it's their, their fault. Um, so I tell people, tell mediators, tell your clients, tell your advocates, tell all your participants way ahead of time that they need to do whatever they can to get the best possible internet connection. Video conferencing is live stream video. It takes a large amount of bandwidth. People may need to make plans ahead of time, call their, you know, Verizon or whoever their, their carrier is. But that is by far the biggest problem with online mediations um, or the biggest source of dissatisfaction. Uh, now, a lot of people also ask me, what is the biggest difference between an in-person and an online proceeding or, or mediation or um, arbitration? Um, and, you know, the really the biggest difference or the one I think that is most relevant to dispute resolution professionals is the fact that your client's environment's out of your control. So unlike when they're with us in our own space, physical space, and we feel, and I will say it's a bit of an illusion that we have total control over everything, but it, online, we don't have control on what's going on around them. So, you know, as, as people who have taken my training course know, I'm a huge advocate of, creating rules around what is permissible in an online proceeding, uh, putting that in writing, educating and communicating that to the clients, educating them about that and making certain um, of those items non-negotiable rules for the online mediation process. I mean, that's how as professionals, we take charge to the extent that we can of the online process. Um, now, Here's a question that uh, I, I, I don't get all the time, but then when, at, before people try mediating online, but the minute they try to mediate online, this is the question they come back with all the time. How can we review documents? How can I show notes from one breakout room to another in an online mediation? By far, you know, that is a question that comes up. So, the, the key here is whether you're using Zoom, Legaler, Modron, DRO, Dispute Resolution Online, any of these platforms, you need to make sure that it has a screen sharing function. Um, the reason I have liked Zoom is it has a very robust screen sharing program as well as um, it allows you to hook up your iPad or your iPhone. 
Um, and so I find that great because it's very easy if you can use your iPad Pro, write on that as if it were a yellow pad or a whiteboard. Um, there's a lot of functionality to the screen sharing function. You can pull up a, a contract and go over that with everybody or the agreement or the pleadings and show everybody certain clauses or provisions. Um, it's a very, very effective tool when we are visual beings, right? And so when we can see things on the same screen and when we're all looking at the same thing and hearing it described or discussed, we process that much more quickly. So that screen share function is critical to a good mediation, online mediation process. In fact, I have a good tutorial video on the learntomediateonline.com website um, in the free video section. Uh, if you'd like to take a look at that, that shows you just how easy it is to share your screen, use the whiteboard, and to actually hook up your iPad, which is my favorite function. I, I use my iPad in pretty much every mediation. Now, Here's a question that when I was doing in-person mediations, I never got. And now that I do online mediations, I get all the time from the participants. And that is, will the mediation session or will the dispute resolution session be recorded? Now, I, I honestly think that this is because uh, people know, at least on Zoom and in, in video conferencing programs, that recording is possible. So it occurs to them, right? This is something that can be done. Um, also, just the fact that it's online. Reality is, in person, people have always had the ability with the advent of cell phones into our world to record, whether that's permitted or not. Um, but online, they ask about it quite often. My, if you know me, you know my personal preference is that I will not record and I don't allow recording. Uh, mediation, dispute resolution are usually private um, and confidential confidential proceedings. Um, and, and so I choose not to be the custodian of a recorded um, version of my clients or, or recorded, um, you know, docu or online video of my clients um, mediation sessions. Uh, but I do get asked that quite frequently. Um, so that is something to discuss and, and clients are nervous about it. Um, or they think it's a great idea and they have good ideas about why they might want to do that. Often they want to do it because they think that it will be, um, an easier way to not have to take notes or to refer back to what happened and what was said, um, but it can also create a lot of problems. So I, I hesitate at any time to uh, allow recording. Now that may be different, right? In an arbitration proceeding, perhaps you want a recording, but just keep in mind when, when Zoom is recording or many of these functions are recording, when you are doing a sidebar or you having private conversations, those are also being recorded. So somebody has to stay on top of the recording function if you are doing an arbitration to make sure that the recording is paused at the proper times or you're going to have issues. Um, now, 
let's get to the last question, although I'm going to throw in a bonus question. But let's get to the last question because it is by far the most common question that I get and the biggest concern for mediators, for clients, for attorneys. And that is, how do you caucus separately? How do you have private, separate conversations just with the mediator and the intended participants? Um, And this is actually why I started using Zoom five years ago. Uh, One of its still key features, although other competitors, um, as I've mentioned, are really moved up and actually have some functionality that might even be better. Um, And that is, on Zoom at least, they call it the breakout rooms. Uh, This is basically the ability to create separate meeting spaces. The only difference between a breakout room and a separate meeting is that the host, who should be the mediator, um, has this what I call separate hallway to get to the breakout rooms or to get into those meetings. But because they're fully separate meetings, they are private. The participants in the main session, the participants in other breakout sessions, they don't have the ability to hear what's going on in a breakout room. Only the participants in that meeting, in that breakout room, can hear what's going on. And there's other functionality that makes them secure, such as only the host has the ability to go in and out. Join is the term that, that Zoom uses, at least, can only is the only one who can join those rooms, who can move people around amongst those rooms, assign people to those rooms. Um, So that makes it a very secure and very easy. Um, What I always tell people is this is no longer running up and down hallways, knocking on doors. You're now going to click your mouse and move between rooms or move people between rooms. Um, And in fact, I've just put a, a video on the Learn to Mediate Online website um, again, in that free video section that I encourage you to go watch because I, I go through how to set up breakout rooms, how easy it is to move among rooms, how easy it is to move people into different breakout rooms. Uh, and I think it will put your fears at rest if you take a moment and go look at that. Uh, by far, the breakout rooms are the best friend and the most important function for most mediators. And then here's my little bonus uh, frequently asked question. Um, Do you find that it's harder to manage emotions or build rapport with clients online? Now, this is, I get this a lot from mediators and I, I get it because, you know, creating that rapport, helping clients and participants to manage their emotions um, has a great deal to do with what we do as facilitators, as neutrals, as mediators, as dispute resolution professionals. Um, But I will tell you that my personal experience and anecdotally what I hear from the thousands of people that I've trained is it is, it is a myth that this is hard to establish or hard to do when you are online. And what I truly feel this comes down to is people think that you have to be sitting across a table from someone in order to understand their emotional content, in order to touch their hand and build rapport. Keep in mind that 80% of our communication comes from the inflection in our voice, which is clearly audible on the audio of a video conference, and even more so from our facial expressions. And this is my, what I truly have found. Because video conferencing is so focused on the face, 
it actually enhances communication and it enhances the understanding of emotional content. And people, trust me, I am a divorce mediator. So you know, if you're listening, you know I deal with a great deal of emotion. People emote through a video conference screen just as easily, just as potently, um, and just as uh, clearly as they are able to do so in person. And the mediator not only can catch what, if you want to call it a nuance or you know, can connect with that emotional content, but the mediator as well can show compassion, can show understanding, can show whatever you know, expression um, or emotional content or, or rapport building um, that we would normally do in person is just as easy online because there's a focus on our face and our expression as well. Now, that does mean you have to have a good control over your facial facial expressions. Eye rolling is not allowed, right? You know, and, and some of the things that um, maybe would happen in a mediation um, when you're in person. You know, now the focus is all on the face. So not only do I see enhanced uh, communication visually, I actually see it um, becoming a little overwhelming for people at times. And that's something that a mediator needs to tune into as well. And sometimes that's a time to take a break uh, that you might not had to do, had to, you know, consider that in person. But if you're meeting jointly in joint session with the parties, and there is a great deal of emotion going on, because of the focus on the visual expression, on the facial expression, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming for everyone and you might take a break that you wouldn't have taken in person. Um, so I find it to be a myth that there is not um, a great deal of ability to be emotional, to connect emotionally, to create rapport with people in person or online. Um, it's, it's, I find it even more effective than in person in many ways. So I hope that this has answered some of your frequently asked questions questions about online mediation. If um, you have other questions, feel free to reach out to me at susan at learntomediateonline.com. I'd love to get your questions. Um, we'll answer them perhaps on a future episode, but I will respond to your email and answer your questions as well. Um, I love to hear from my listeners. And please check out all of the other episodes and um, subscribe to the podcast. I have a new episode coming out every Tuesday morning. And and I'm really lucky in staying on top of what's happening and hearing from so many of my colleagues and other professionals in this field. And I want you to know what I know as soon as I know it. So subscribe, listen, download, um, please comment, please like, um, and let me know. You know how what you'd like to hear about. The topics are always welcome. Uh, comments are always welcome, and I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com and you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.